The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Hi everyone and welcome to Doing the Nasty Podcast, episode number 11. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish from the podcast, Under the Stairs. Joining me as always, one half of the big horror and little podcast is of course my co-host with the most, Andy Blockley. How are you doing, sir? What's happening? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> People will get that if they've seen Mardi Gras Massacre. Yeah, which if they haven't, they should. Oh yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I, I, the thing is, we we should have picked up on this because when we did uh, when we did Blood Feast, um, and I said in that review, apparently there was a remake of it. Yeah, um, and we were both like, "Oh, we should totally hunt that down." I didn't realise it was also on the nasties list. <laughs> right, fucking awesome, and it is as well. It's so similar. I can't wait to talk about it. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, I cannot, cannot wait. Um, but of course, before we get into that, uh, it's worth acknowledging that on this episode, episode number 11, uh, we are going to be doing, like you said, Mardi Gras Massacre from 1978, we're going to be doing Nightmares and a Damaged Brain from 1981, and closing yep. out the show with Night of the Bloody Apes from 1972, or 1969, which was when it was originally shot, before they added the extra tits. Um, so, oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it was originally it was a, 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 a bit of a bit of a uh, checking into that movie, and it was originally obviously it's a Mexican horror movie, so it was fully shot. Um, it was more focused on the wrestling aspect in it, kind of lucha libre style thing. And um, <laughs> yeah. for for the international market, they recut it but just added a lot more tits in it. Right, as you do, because um, that's about all it's got going for it. Yeah, the seventy-two version has more boobs, yeah. or as Johnny Craig would say, titties. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that Johnny listens to this show, and we love Johnny. We love Johnny. We do love Johnny. Um, but before we get into to, to declaring our undying love for Johnny, um, we love you, Johnny. Um, before we go down that Johnny. road, 
<laughs> we we uh, here's Johnny. Uh, no, that's no, that's not doesn't work. That doesn't work. Um, <laughs> we, we should have done. I was really bad. Uh, just to scrub that. Edit, edit. Um, before we before we uh, get into it. Come on. Yeah, let's just leave it in. We love, we're not going to hide our love for Johnny Krug. Shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have no. to. No. In fact, you know what? On this show, I'm going to play his promo. It's the only promo for a show that we're going to play, which isn't on Horophilia. But fuck it. From now on, Johnny Krug, every single episode. Screw it. Let's do it. Let's okay. let's do it, right? Uh, but before we get into that, how have you been doing? What have you been up to? You know what I've been up to, Duncan. I've been to yeah. see Max, haven't I? I've cinema. been to see Mad Max as well. Oh, God. What a fucking movie. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I'll I tell, tell you? you? What, right, it's the best <laughs> cinema experience I've ever had as well. <laughs> I went on a Friday afternoon, there was no one in there, even though it only just come out, I went there about half four. And we literally like walked in, we uh, skipped all the commercials and walked in just as the movie trailers were starting. And they were all really good. I think I was just in a really good mood. Like even like Terminator, Jurassic World, The Craze, San Andreas. Like the trailers were just fucking great. Got me right in the mood. And then Mad Max started. And fuck me, like the first fifteen minutes of Mad Max is like the finale of most other action films. <laughs> yeah. And that's before it's even started. That's before you even know what's going on. It's fucking amazing. Like I I'm lost for words on how good it is. It's almost like someone's made a, made a movie with me in mind. I'm right. We're going to make Andy an action movie, mm-hmm. and that's what they've done. Like it's just fucking ticked every box for me. It was awesome. Obviously, Mad Max number two um, is one of my favourite action films of all time. I can watch that any time, um, and it totally like does justice to that. It's very kind of similar. I think Tom Hardy's awesome as Max. It's just fucking amazing. Like, what did you think to it? Were you blown away? Well, I, I went to see it. Um, it would have been, I think it was a Monday after it came out. So um, there'd already been quite a lot. We'd already talked about this last show about how much the reviews had been basically, you know, <laughs> given given this movie a soapy hand job. Um, yeah. And just absolutely loving all over it. And on some level, I remember you saying that you were a bit sceptical, and I kind of, I kind of get that way as well. I don't like it when everyone says that something's amazing because I kind of feel like I'm going to be that one prick that doesn't like it. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. And then, then I end up thinking to myself, why do I not like it? What do I not get in this movie that everyone else gets? Mm-hmm. And it makes me question. And I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't think. I shouldn't think on any level why my opinion would be any inferior from you know to anyone else's um but uh, i went and sat down a uh, pretty empty cinema as well i think the best thing that ever happened to that movie was coming out the same weekend as pitch perfect 2 which stole its thunder in terms of uh, uh i mean it, it trimmed it in terms of the box office but at the same time it meant everyone was in that movie <laughs> no one was right. in what no one pitch was in the nice two yeah it was so yeah, bigger. Think about think about it though. That Max had a certain age rating to it, and all the rest, which Pitch Perfect Two didn't have. Right. Um, so yeah, that to me made perfect sense that everyone okay. would go and see. So all the all the people that wanted to go and see Mad Max were dragged to see that. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> so I, I went to see the movie. I didn't go. I didn't pay for the three D. Wasn't interested in the three D because the majority. Yeah, yeah, the majority of the film wasn't shot in three D. So I'm not interested in this kind of you know retrospectively going back and, and tweaking things um sat down and it is a two-hour movie in which 15 minutes is actually dialogue and explaining a story and the rest of it the hour and 45 minutes is the most insane action sequences with cars i've ever seen in my entire life i've never seen in the practical 
effects and the, the, the stunt work on that movie, if it does not pick up awards. I don't know if they do an award for, for freaking best practical and best stunt and that. You if they're not already like, in the Oscars, they need to do them and need to give them to that movie. Yeah, it's something like Jurassic World or fucking Tomorrowland will get it, but that's a crime if that happens because my main criticism with this Mad Max, I thought after watching the trailer, there's no way they can do this shit um, practically and I'm still a bit, to be honest, sceptical about how much of it is is actually done, just because some of the camera angles don't look possible. But yeah, seven, they say I know seven, obviously he had, said seventy five percent, and he was he was open and honest. He said seventy five percent of it is practical effects. So yeah, do you know what? It's done so well that it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't look even even if it is digital, some of it because I'm sure some of those car accidents and stuff are digital. Even if they are, they're so well done you would never know. It's only because yeah. you've got an, like anyone with an understanding of kind of physics and stuff, you just think, well, there's no that's fucking impossible. But put that aside, like it's 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 fucking perfect what they've done because that's why I love Mad Max two so much. I mean. It, Obviously, so if some poor bastard like got his legs shattered. You know that. The, mm-hmm. Do you know the scene where the guy kind of cartwheels through the air? Yep. That wasn't meant to happen. He basically yes. was meant to just go. He was meant to go flying through the air, kind of not spinning, and his legs hit something that sent him just tumbling through the air. So you know they can't do that in this day and age. It's just not fair because that guy probably didn't walk for six months. You know. Mm-hmm. So I understand they've got to do some of the stuff with digital, but it's oh my god, it's fucking amazing. And like you say, most of it is practical, and it's just the most insane. It's got to be up there, one of the best action movies ever made, and probably that's ever gonna be made. Yeah, I think it's. I think the the big thing for me is that I think, and I I don't want to come across as, and I always do whenever I start talking about it. I sound like a an embittered comic book hater, um, and I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. Uh, but I mean, we've been bombarded for the last how many years now? Six, seven, eight years with comic book movies. Yeah. After comic book movies, after comic book movies, and cities are destroyed at the end of them. Yeah. Like the next movie comes round and everything's all right and no one's hurt and I, you know, I just I get to that stage where I, I, I mean, very quickly lost interest in that because I didn't feel like there was any peril at all in those no, movies. I didn't feel not. like anyone was going to get hurt. And no. this movie, I, 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 my hands were gripping the, you know, the the, the armrests. Yeah. It's a proper white knuckle ride, and it does action the way I want to see action done in a movie. Yeah. Going to see an action movie should be a thrill ride. It should be a roller coaster. It yeah. shouldn't be. It shouldn't be what what we've been getting a lot of in the last couple of years in terms of action. Now a lot of people are saying that this is a game changer. I was just about to say I fucking hate that phrase, but I've got to use it. I think but it, I don't know. I don't know if it is, Andy. I've been thinking. The more I think about it, the more I think it's not going to be a game changer. I don't, because, only because they can't follow it. Only because yeah, no one's going to have the capability to be able to produce anything anywhere near. That's the only think, reason it's not. But I think that that you, if you're, how many times have, like how many times have you like this is the reason you hate it. How many times have you heard that phrase that this is a game changer, and yeah. we we expect things to change after it, and they don't change, and it's particularly bad in horror movies. You mm. know, this is set. You know, like I remember remember when Scream was a game changer, and we were going yeah. to get a whole different level of slasher movie. Never fucking happened, and then no. J Horror was going to come around, and it was going to be a whole new level of horror. Never happened because all that happens is these movies get replicated, and all yeah. that's going to happen out of this, my personal opinion, is people are going to look at more seventies action movies and remake them. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to understand what people 
enjoyed about that movie. I think it's going to get lost in translation when it comes to the bottom line. All a studio exec is going to see is someone's remade, someone's brought a new instalment of this franchise, which hasn't been out for 30 years. Uh, Mm. We need to do the same. Um, You know, and miss, miss the point of... Of what I mean, there's so much going on in that movie. There's so much subtext going on in that movie. If you want to look at it as being accused right now of being a feminist Fuck. propaganda movie, what and I, I mean that that made me laugh so much. Because have you seen the video? Have you seen the guy? Oh, yeah. What a twat! Yeah, yeah but I mean, I I think in this day and age, I think as the the levels of incredulity that that raises when you think about that movie being feminist propaganda but we're now living in this day and age where blockbusters never used to get that sort of attention flung at them no. you know what i mean if it was a summer blockbuster you never worried about the body count you, there was no morals you never thought about morals this year's been particularly bad with it i mean josh whedon got slammed over age ultron because it was sexist um no. apparently apparently all the female characters in that were you know were pretty poor and all the rest and i i've spoke about this on another show um when it comes to Josh Whedon, he's the one guy you should never throw that claim at because he gave you Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was all about female empowerment. Yeah, Serenity as well, Firefly and that. He was the only one fucking doing that when the rest of everyone were He was the only one that's doing it. So it's qu- it's funny how many of these kind of weird, kind of almost on some level sort of kind of militant liberals... Um, are now are now starting to show their face, and you can't have a strong female character in a movie, or or you know, or women fending for themselves without it being feminist propaganda. It's just depressing as fuck. I mean, it really, really is. And I watched the movie, and I thought Charlize Theron was incredible. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think everything I ever see her in, I think she's a th- phenomenal actress. And her is Furiosa, absolutely perfect. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic movie. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'm more of that. Hollywood needs to give me more of that from now on because that's the sort of movie I want to see when I go to see a summer blockbuster. I want to see something that you know really pushes the boundaries. And uh, yeah, I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, defo, mate. Um, what about people are saying that it's not much of a Mad Max movie because Mad Max isn't really in it and he's not really the hero? Mad Max is never the hero in any of them. Exactly. What are you fucking talking <laughs> so, about? I, I kind of think people have watched the wrong movie I'm going to say for anyone that's got that thinks Mad Max is some kind of fucking Captain America the Sky Captain saves him in the second one yep and he's a right nerd so like Mad Max is not the hero he's just he's just someone trying to get by he's a fucking badass but he's not superhuman to the point where he can't rely on other people to help him and he just harks back to that thing like why have people got such a problem with the female being strong and the female being heroic what you know what's the problem it's because it's because all we've had recently is superhero movies, yeah. and all our superheroes are men. Okay, that's I'm telling you, it all comes all comes back to that. You can't have a a, a massive blockbuster now without it having you, without the 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 hero, the central you know power of it, the the strong character, and all the rest being a woman. They just yeah. won't have it, and that's where people can hum and haw and and call the horror genre backwards and. T- catering to the lowest common denominator the the horror genre what, what picks up on that yeah because all, right. all our indie horror movies now that are coming out all strong female characters yeah so we, we, and we, we'll take that mantle and we'll run with it and that's why as it's, it's horror fans are going out to see that 
that movie or genre specific fans are going out to see that movie and coming out and not understanding that feminist argument at yeah, all exactly. because it's, it's just it's just another movie it is, um, just happens to be one that's pretty fucking badass yeah and the other feminist argument obviously people are saying like, uh, like the reason it's been called feminist propaganda is because women are being portrayed like they're being like they're enslaved by men because that doesn't happen, does it? At all. <laughs> oh, that's not happening in history. It's like, for fuck's yeah. sake, you can't or win. Now. You literally can't win. Or now. It's still happening. Yeah. There's a whole fucking... There's a whole system set up in Europe and, and Africa and all the rest which trade off women. So I, there's, it's just a, it's a pile of pish by people that just want to tear down something that has been a, a remarkable and very successful. Yeah. And... Fuck those people, and I can't wait for the next one, The Wasteland, to come out. Bring that on. I cannot wait for that fucking movie to to, to make its way up here. And, um, yeah, I I totally loved that movie. I thought it was fucking brilliant. So, ordered it on Blu-ray. Obviously, I can't fucking wait to see that again. I really hope it's going to be, like, jam-packed. And I don't really watch commentaries anymore because they seem to be, like, ten a penny and I just can't be bothered. But I think if there's a commentary on there with George Miller, I've I've got to watch it. I've got to listen to that commentary and see what what making that film was all about. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely, definitely, my man. But uh, anyone listening to this show will be thinking to ourselves, why are we talking about yeah. a movie that hasn't been banned when we have three, I was going to say perfectly good movies, but that's debatable. We have three movies, in fact, same three movies, that may be debatable. We have three things to discuss about on this show, um, which did make the prosecuted banned list of the video nasties. So we're going to take a very short break just now. When we return, Andy is going to kick us off He's going to be telling us all about a little movie called um, <clears throat> Mardi Gras Massacre from 1978, <laughs> or as I like to call it, um, slightly slightly older, longer and flabbier uh, blood feast. <laughs> right, yeah, here we go, come on. <laughs> We're going to take a break. You're going to hear promos uh, for Johnny Krug, actually. We're just going to shove Johnny Krug in right after, after we finish talking. You're going to hear a bit of an explanation by scholarly folk as to why Mardi Gras Massacre may have made the list, and hopefully and they'll explain it to me. <laughs> and then you'll hear our review, which you won't yeah. be. <laughs> it won't be the same at all. We're going to be right back after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong f- show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com Here we have Mardi Gras Massacre. And as it says on the cover, it's an American splatter movie. And with a cover like this, it's hardly surprising it fell foul of the dreaded DPP's list. It actually circulated on video from two companies, uh, first from Goldstar, part of Duran, and then later there was a re-release from Market Video. There's a warning on the back too, advising that it contains disturbing scenes. Well, it does, but they're disturbing in a different way, as it's without doubt one of the most ineptly made films to make the Nazis list. Mardi Gras Massacre appeared on the DPP's band list in October of 83, and remained there till the bitter end. Here's a really rare trailer that sums things up quite nicely. New Orleans, Mardi Gras, masks, and murder. The Mardi Gras Massacre. 
homicide. Beautiful women are dying. And so are the New Orleans cops. As they battle a bloodthirsty madman, a masked monster, Mardi Gras Massacre. Okay, and welcome back. So, our first movie of this evening, boo ba dee ba ba dee boo is uh, Mardi Gras Massacre, z ba dee ba 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 from USA, 1969-70-wa-ba-ba-doo-wee-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Directed by Jack Weiss, released July 82, added to the list 83. Now, Mardi Gras Massacre, fuck me. In New Orleans, a serial killer wearing a, a welder's mask um, <laughs> goes into bars and just he's looking for the most evil prostitute he can well, find. You've, you've said that too quick, Andy. He's looking for the most... The most evil. Evil woman. Evil. <laughs> it's like the longest pause ever. It's because he's William Shatner sound quick. It's because he forgot his line. And... <laughs> But he doesn't obviously consider that when you're looking for, you know, a prostitute, she's probably just going to say whatever it is you're looking for. So if you go, I want the most, big pause, evil prostitute, she'll go, yeah, I'm the most evil. If you went, <laughs> I want the most cutesy, you go, she'll go, yeah, 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 I, I, I can do that too. So the only thing that's qualifying how evil they are is purely word of mouth, which I'm imagining for what he's using, for the purpose he's using it for, doesn't really it doesn't count someone just saying they're evil i don't think it makes it so i want to see some kind of evil credentials i want to know what you've done but he doesn't care <laughs> evil what they've done. Credentials. i want a resume please yeah i want to uh, see a uh, cv of evilness i've punched an old lady i've ran a cat over and laughed i'm going to i'm going to get in touch with your previous employer and ask exactly how evil you are and why you don't work there anymore um, and it better yeah. not be for tardiness <laughs> <laughs> Because that's not evil enough. I need evil. And then he takes them to the to his basement, where he basically ties them up, rubs oil in their tits, which they obviously think, oh, this is all right, actually. This is good. The punters don't normally do this much. Um, <laughs> and then, like, cuts their hand. Yeah, it's usually something else they're rubbing in their tits. Yeah, exactly. Oh, too far. <laughs> Straight in there. No, it's fine, Duncan. And then he uh, cuts the hand that he paid them with, the foot that they walked there with and then think stabs them in the muff or in the stomach, in a latex <laughs> stomach. Um, yeah, and that's it. I mean, we get treated to basically the, an identical death scene about three times. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, it doesn't win any awards for creativity, does it? Like, the first two are literally identical. The second yeah. one, she does some kind of mental dance that Rachel was mo mocking. Um, <laughs> And then gets killed in the same manner. Um, I don't know what he's doing. Is he sacri He's like killing prostitutes to get their hearts for some yes. Aztec god, goddess, god, um, god right? Um, we've got policemen really similar to the ones in Bloodfeast, actually. Um, we get that. Yeah, but not as inept and not as fun. Yeah, they're not as good. They're trying to be inept, and they, but it just doesn't. And one of them straight out meets a prostitute, falls in love with her, and starts taking her to dinner within five minutes of talking to her. And I was Do you like, know what? what? Is, is she on the clock? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? It's like a cross between Pretty Woman and the opening five minutes of Commando. Feeding, oh, a, feeding the feeding the deer, having an ice cream together. It was just, yeah, ridiculous. I can't even remember what, like, w w is that meant to be false in the beginning that he's just meeting up with her to 
to like get in with the prostitutes and the ends up falling I, in love for real. I don't really. If, know. if they are trying to do that, it's it, there's they don't do it well. Like many things in this movie, he literally starts talking to her. He takes her out for dinner. He's in love with her, and you're like, this makes no fucking sense at all and just to put things into perspective I watched this movie last night and this was the second last one I watched uh, for the show but I watched it last night but we'd already had a conversation about it as we do during some of these movies if there's something particularly bad or horrific or something funny we'll tend to make a comment to each other and you have you've isolated a clip which we're going to play just after I finish speaking here (laughs) of of what you described to me as holy shit Disco stews in this movie, yeah. um, and I, I thought, I, well, I, I, I thought it was pretty funny, but I was like, I, I, how disco stew can this guy be? So we're going to put this clip in right now, yeah. uh, and when we come back, you're going to tell us, Andy, a little bit about disco stews. So um, we're going to be right back after this. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I'm the fish. What is your wish? What is your need, man? I'm looking for something very special. Special tea. I'm the one for you. You're the one for me. Something very evil. Evil? You're a rude dude. Now, it'll take more than talk. Take a walk. Now green makes the scene. Okay, so that's disco stew. I don't know what else to say. Like it's literally like the get the Simpsons watched the Matt Groening watched that and that's what disco stew. <laughs> Who does that? I mean, he's obviously high on something, and he's like a pimp, isn't he? But everything he says has to rhyme. Oh, you're a twat! Like, <laughs> you know, stop rhyming. Like, if if mid like if someone says their half of the conversation, and then while I'm talking, they're going zabudubi baba. I just think, fucking, what is, are you mental? What's wrong with you? It was it, it was so out of place and weird. It's almost like uh, I don't know what they were really going for. And let's like let's talk about the fucking disco music. Yeah, well, it's this right. There's one particular song that gets played to fucking death in this movie, and not only does it get played to death in this movie, I'm fairly convinced this is the longest disco song in the world. Is this one of the death scenes? Is it? No, no, no. This is the one that plays in the bar. Okay. It's like, it, 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 like some of those bar sequences last about 10, 12 minutes and the same song is playing but there's no like the song finishes then it starts back up again. It just plays like seamlessly on a loop and it was starting to freak me out and then over the death sequences you get what... I mean, did, you ever, did you ever grow up watching Captain Scarlet at all? Uh, no. Right, well, my, my granddad used to be really into Captain Scarlet, and the enemies in Captain Scarlet were the Misterons. We are the Misterons. Oh, this, and there would be uh, this rings weird. Yeah, there'd be this really fucking weird kind of someone with a theremin in the background playing this <laughs> kind of music <laughs> yeah. like this, right? Every time he come out wearing that mask, 
that's what started playing and I could hear in my head we are the voice of the right. Mr. Rods yeah. I'm like what the fuck what, why does it sound like a sci-fi movie and this guy's wearing a welder's mask which is supposed to be an Aztec mask or is it supposed to be the mask from the mask I kept expecting him to go you know like when Jim Carrey's trying to use a mask but it won't work and he's like is it the same guy that fills them in or yeah it's the same guy he the mask on but I think that's where the editing just goes weird in this. Like he kind of goes off screen, but it doesn't. There's no break in him then coming back on in this mask. I think we're meant to believe he's changed into that, but that's not the only weird edit in this. There's an edit where people, someone just disappears off the screen, <laughs> and then there's another edit where like three prostitutes get drugged, and the next minute the screen just changes and they're collapsed on the floor. Like yeah. they couldn't even be bothered to like fade in, fade out, or. It, it, they 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 just splice a different shot straight into yeah. it and like <laughs> so, oh my god it, it's it's insane <sighs> yeah it's it's it's, it's the, the thing about it is he's obviously it's more than just an homage to to blood feast this guy is is trying to remake blood feast but change certainly like, trying to almost do what people are now doing in terms of these uh, modern interpretations or revisiting or you know kind of restarting or whatever they call it reconfiguring um <laughs> you know all these all the re, a recalibration recalibration is um, the new yeah, one st- yeah. that's my favorite one um but you know basically that's what it is it's basically what it's trying to do is it's trying to mad max fury road to Mad Max the Road Warrior. That's basically what it's trying to do. It's trying to take that base element and upgrade and then somehow this movie is worse. But it's worse on every fucking level. Yeah. The gore is more tame. Yep. Like the thing at least at least Blood Feast used actual awful and, you know, like a severed leg and shit like that. At least they made the effort of doing that. The 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 fucking the killer in Blood Feast was far more over the top and theatrical and more interesting to watch than this really boring slow talking bastard right yeah. um you know right, right maybe we got static shots all the time in blood feast but mm. there was a degree of charm that come around with that and the acting was so bad it was good in yeah. blood feast and the cops were were one of the best elements of that i can't say that this movie has anything at all in it which remotely touches on blood feast well, except i will put it this way I laughed more at this one. The, I did. The first, like, yeah, I, I could not fucking stop laughing at this movie. I, I honestly, everything that happened in this movie, like even even the bits that I'm fairly sure are not supposed to be laughed at, I could, I had an absolute fucking blast with this movie. Yeah. I hate it. I absolutely yeah. hate it. But I have not laughed as much, and we need that. There's been a whole hell of a lot of fucking rape. Oh god! The last yeah. couple of shows, we need Mardi Gras massacre. It is the perfect palate cleanser. And what you've got to bear in mind as well is, like, for someone to have remade or tr- attempted to remake Blood Feast, they thought Blood Feast was good. Or otherwise, why would you want to remake it? You're obviously inspired. So that says it all. The fact that he watched Blood Feast went, "That's brilliant. I'm going to try and do my version." It's like <laughs> Blood Feast is shit. Blood Feast isn't good because it's a good film. Blood Feast is good because it's got. You know, insane characters, ridiculous dialogue, some of the worst acting you are ever likely to see in your life, and that's why that's good. Who who watched that film and went, "Ah, oh, fuck, that's prime for picking. I'm going to remake it." Like who? Fucking who is it again? Jack, we Jack Weiss. I don't know what Weiss. else he's done. I hope he, I hope he's not done anything else. 
Um, it's fucking terrible. It, funnily enough, his, uh, his name is linked to a lot of stuff. Is it? Right. Yeah, yeah. In fact, according to this, I'm just checking right through. Um, he his last, his last fucking thing was a TV special in 2008. Okay. So he's still doing shit. Jesus <laughs> Which is pretty Christ. fucking scary. But apparently, I think he's been a, pr- a production guy for quite a few movies. And things, okay. So, um, I just yeah, realised I got I, the uh, the year wrong for this. This is nineteen seventy. I was too busy scatting and uh, being <laughs> and and being all jazz, and I got the date wrong. Yeah, USA nineteen seventy eight. So that's mental that he's been working for that long. Yeah, yeah, he's the, a busy, busy guy. Um, I just think it's yeah, it's it's an inferior remake to an inferior film. Yeah. Which ultimately has resulted in something even more inferior. Um, very entertaining, highly entertaining. For the same reason that Blood Feast is a highly entertaining, I don't think it's even as. I would argue that it's probably not as much fun as Blood Feast. I certainly laughed more at this, just because. And even the fucking the end and at the end of this movie there's a car chase which is awful and his car goes off the edge of the pier and into the water and they pull the car up and the body's missing and all that remains is the mask dun 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 and I'm like this movie doesn't need an ending like that there will be no Mardi Gras massacre too like we give a shit it's like (laughs) all all spooky oh and the body was never recovered well I don't care (laughs) nobody cares that the body wasn't recovered Everyone's just annoyed going, oh, for fuck's sake, there's not going to be a sequel, is there? I have to watch that as well now. <laughs> I did find out um, Blood Feast 2. Remember how we were talking about the sequel to Blood Feast? Yeah, yeah. Blood Feast 2 is actually, uh, Arrow put that out as a DVD. Did they? Fucking hell. Yeah, and I am so, so badly tempted to, to, to put a wee purchase in just to check that movie out. Probably only um, about I know that, the, isn't it? Well, our, our colleagues over at uh, Sloppy Seconds have actually covered that movie. Yeah. Um, so Gary Hill and that's covered that movie. I started listening to the, their review of it because I didn't want to listen to it before I saw the movie. But uh, yeah, I think the, the thing to walk away from Mardi Gras Massacre is that if you have the choice between this one and Blood Feast to watch, watch Blood Feast. It's quicker. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's better. Because um, this movie's... It's like it's it's like about fucking twenty minutes longer than Blood Feast as well. Yeah, ridiculous. Needless length and like terrible, terrible exposition in this movie. Um, Andy, my friend, <laughs> where, 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 where do you come in on the the uh, the the scoring for Mardi Gras Massacre? I don't know if I'm gonna have to do a case dismissed on this. I'm the same. I, I was hoping you were gonna go there, my friend. This yeah. one is dismiss this motherfucker just because like the when he goes in for the kill with the woman i mean you know the whole concept of like tying someone up and they know they're going to die and stuff it's pretty brutal but again as we always say the execution is what is what count is what counts you know and the execution in this is terrible like you can see that it's going to go in for the in for the kill because it's just a real obvious latex stomach like it's oh, it's terrible as well, yeah. Like it would have been really more convincing bad. if the camera stayed behind the killer and you just saw the woman struggling on the table. You know, that would have been far more convincing um, than trying to go in in this bad special effects. Like you say, I don't think they even bothered using the like offal, which is mm-hmm. would have been an obvious choice. You know, if you're going to pull something out of someone, let's make it look realistic. But that's, I can imagine, is the only reason really that it's on the list. Is for yeah. those like close ups of someone having their heart pulled out. 
Um, but that's, it's just, I mean, this is just one of them ones that was kind of all, you know, jumbled in with all the rest because I don't know. Again, it's this weird thing where this is the prosecutors, isn't it, that we're talking about. So yeah. this has gone in front of a, group, a, a jury who have all sat around, watched it and gone, yeah, definitely prosecute that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but the beyond, which is on the other list, yeah. the evil dead and shit like that were non-prosecuted. It fucking makes no sense. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck this movie. It didn't deserve to be on the list. It's 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 getting it's getting a case dismissed. Um we're go we're gonna take a short break. Uh, when we return, we're doing our second movie, which is Nightmare and a Damaged Brain, or aka Nightmare. Um, from 1981 and uh, let's see uh, what I made of that movie when we come right back after these very special messages I'm Cootie and my name is X we're the hosts of Kiss the Goat now this has nothing to do with farming or bestiality in fact there seems to be a little confusion about what Kiss the Goat is precisely about well first and foremost it's a company show No. First and foremost, it's about devil movies, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Right, but there's also a drinking game on every episode. Well, yeah, okay, but there's also a news segment on each show detailing the weird battle between good and evil. Okay, but there are also a lot of running gags. Well... Yeah, but we also answer any and all questions from our listeners, and sometimes that gets pretty deep. But there are also terrible puns, and foul language, and a hefty dose of irreverence and light-hearted blasphemy. (laughs) There is that. Well, I think it's safe to say that there's nothing quite like Kiss the Goat anywhere else out there. Yeah, we don't even know what it's about, and we created the damn thing. <laughs> so join us, won't you, on Kiss the Goat, exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network. We make evil fun. Or we make fun evil. We we don't know. Arguably the most controversial video nasty of them all is this one. Romano Scavellini's Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. Now, why is that? Well, mainly because the distributor of this film, David Grant, got put in prison for releasing a version that was actually slightly longer than the BBFC X-rated cut. In any form, it was terrible. It's quite misogynistic, it's very trashy. That's one of the reasons why I think this got leapt on as well. Unfortunately, he got the wrong sort of publicity. The following preview trailer is not suitable for viewing by persons of a nervous disposition. Switch off your television set immediately, unless you are prepared to be really terrified. Nightmares in a damaged brain. Prepare yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. The motion picture everyone is talking about. And welcome back. So this is a second movie review of episode number 11. The movie Nightmare in a Damaged Brain, um, a.k.a. Nightmare from 1981. It was written and directed by Romano Scavalloni. Um, 
Sounds like a charming fellow, that. <laughs> Scavalone. Um, Scavalone. <laughs> no, that's the wrong movie. Oh, the wrong movie. It's the wrong movie. You've got scat on the brain, me. <laughs> we might want to just... For those that don't know, scat is a type of jazz singing, freestyle jazz singing, like the scat man. Andy is not talking about fecal matter used in porn. Just put oh, that I was. There. Oh, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Oh, no, you, no, you weren't. <laughs> Hopefully you weren't. Um, right. uh, the synopsis is listed on the, the IMDb's. Uh, a mental patient who has troubled with horrible nightmares has escaped from his hospital. Now on the streets... I, I don't know. Has he escaped from the hospital? I don't think he has. Um, now on the streets, he can't help killing innocent people. But there is one family he is more interested in. And when he tries to kill them, he finds that it's not that easy. Uh, because he finds love. Oh, only uh. joking. Uh, this movie is really quite interesting. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's really quite interesting because it's, it's actually quite disturbing. Um, it, like If you strip away the, the, the poor execution, right? Mm. There's a couple of things you need to strip away from this movie, right? The first yeah. thing is the, the, the pretty poor execution, right? Yeah. Um, the central idea of this one is actually pretty fucking evil. It's, yeah. a, it's a, a nasty story because basically what we're confronted with is a guy who is being treated for these horrible nightmares that he's having, and he's in a he's he's in an insane hospital, uh, a mental health ward. Um, but it's like more padded than that. It's not just like your average kind of mental health ward. It's like an actual proper, you know, facility for people treating people with like you know proper brain diseases, yeah. and. Um, this guy is in there because he has his dreams, and everyone keeps passing them off as dreams. But they appear to be flashbacks to mm. something that may have happened to him as a child. Yeah. Um, and you know, as the movie progresses on, I mean, I straight away as soon as I started seeing him, I was like, "Oh, so this actually did happen to him, right?" But the movie tries to play it as if the audience shouldn't know that. Yeah, and through the extent of the movie, we start to discover more about it, and as that starts to come out, I don't know what it's aiming for because when it starts to come out in movies, that's when you should start sympathising with the character. Mm. I can't quite sympathise with this guy because he's no. a fucking killer. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 totally weird, but there's there's that kind of central theme about it I think is really interesting for a slasher movie because in a slasher movie, something usually happens. It's yeah. like a weird take on it. It's like something usually happens to our main, our killer, um, some horrible accident, or they do something terrible, and then they ultimately come back to haunt the people that have done it, or haunt the area that's happened, and all the rest. And this one, it's it almost feels like there's been something lost in the translation of it, mm. um, that kind of gives it that kind of off-kilter sort of feel. Um, there's a great amount of controversy around this movie for the use of uh, Tom Savini, um, and the, the the press for it, they claimed that all the special effects were done by Tom Savini. Mm. Um, Tom he denies, Savini, doesn't he? Yeah, he vehemently denies. He says that he was uh, an advisor okay. to the project. So I believe that there was, I think they had to change the marketing campaign for it. I think the original marketing campaign and trailers and all that said, you know, from, from the mind of Tom Savini, you know, all these sort of things. And then later on they had to take that out. I think they still. I was just checking. I like. Um, I think Savini's name's still against it. Yeah, it says from the from the man who terrified you in Dawn of the Dead on Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, which yeah, but he was he claims he was only an advisor, I, I, and you would think it would because from his point of view the effects are 
like must be so bad. They're actually not that bad in this movie. They're um, the they're best not, of the lot for tonight. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not Savini standards, um, but there's there, I can see where you would think I'd turn amateur maybe where Savini was involved because there are certain elements that you're like, oh, that kind of feels like you, something you would have seen in Friday the 13th or, or the burning or stuff, not on the, the, the full-scale technical level, but there's mm. there's definitely nods there. Whoever did the special effects in this movie is clearly influenced by Savini. Oh, um, yeah. But who wasn't at that time frame, you know what I mean? True. Um, so, yeah, so this kind of central idea of... Of, I mean, there's like a couple of scenes that kind of stick with you as well. Like, um, there's there's a bit where he goes to like the prostitute area, kind of almost like the kind of the equivalent sort of red light district. Yeah. Um, and you would expect, you would expect something. You would expect everything to happen there that doesn't happen there. It almost kind of is a really stark, kind of eerie sequence when he's in there. You know, nothing really happens the way you would expect and that's the thing about this whole movie I think is mm. that you feel like you should know everything that's going to happen in this movie because it is basically at its core the yeah. stereotypical template slasher movie from you know the early early's mm. um but it kind of plays things slightly off the beat and it kind of plays things slightly weird and the best way I can describe it is that um if you sit on your leg uh, for a while, and then you get up, and your legs gets that kind of pins and needles slowly yeah. starts. But if you try and walk on your leg, that kind of really weird feeling you have, where it doesn't <laughs> feel like you're walking on anything at yeah. all on that side. That's kind of how this movie made me feel. There was a really okay. woozy, uneven tone to it, yeah. which, which, which I don't think is what they were aiming for. Um, but it was, I was, it wasn't, a, it wasn't unsettling in the way that I would, I felt, you know, queasy or ill or anything like that. I just, I kind of felt like I knew where the movie was going, and I kept feeling that it wasn't quite doing what I thought it was going to do, which yeah. kind of made me think I didn't know where it was going, but ultimately I did. If that makes any sense, I knew how this movie was going to end before it ended, but yeah. it kind of did things and it did things in a very strange way to get there that I had me guessing. Uh, when it eventually happened, I went, all right, so you're just giving me that ending that I expected. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's one of the more interesting slashers we've okay. had on here. It's it's not absurd. It's definitely not absurd. And it's yeah. definitely not the burning. Um, but, I, I, it's weird. I would like to... I think this is a movie I'd like to own. I, yeah, it's really, okay. really, really fucking weird. I, I can't describe it. I don't think it's a great movie at all. Right. Um but there was elements of it that made it interesting to me. Uh, how, did, how did you get on with this one? Um, yeah, this is one I literally just watched um, just before we came on air. Um, I was just—I was really bored with it. To be honest, some of it was quite jarring mm. and quite unnerving. Uh, I mean, the film literally opens with this guy having like a screaming fit. Oh, it's terrible! It's, it's horrific. And that's a bit like Jesus, you know, like it, it, that kind of makes it a bit different to everything else we're kind of used to because nothing's really that jarring. And this is a bit like fucking how he, well acted, you know, he, this guy is obviously clearly disturbed um, and he portrays that part quite well. Um, but yeah, I just kind of found myself losing interest in this and just kind of thinking, oh, not another one. I think it's because it's the third one I watched as well. Yeah. And it just gets to the point. Like to be honest, for me, like the final fifteen minutes saved it. Yep. The last fifteen minutes, I thought was great. Like we've got a real kind of even some decent suspense. Uh, made me laugh. Like the killer just decides to put a Sid Haig mask on. 
for the last 15 minutes of the movie, which is, uh, there's like a kid, isn't there, who's crying wolf throughout the whole fucking film. Like, that kid would have got a slap from me. Like, the the kid, like the family that he's kind of going after, mm-hmm. covers himself in tomato sauce and tells his mum that he's been stabbed. Stabbed, deep, yeah. Like, fucking hysterical. And uh, because the special effects are so shit in this movie, in certain bits, some of them are good, but a lot of them are shit. I wasn't sure whether it was real or not because I thought, well, if that is meant to be real blood, uh, you can't tell because the, the effects aren't great anyway. So even you as the audience don't really know that he's faking because the guy's been hanging around outside. So it's it's possible that the kid could have been stabbed. So this little fucker is like crying wolf um, for the whole film. So then obviously when the killer turns up for real, it's really, you know, you see it coming a mile off. He's like, no one really believes him, but this mask is another thing that he used to pull another prank earlier, and it really looks like Sid Haig, and the killer puts that on, and it's a bit of a Michael Myers thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, when was when did this come out? Before, right? It's, yeah, it's so after it, Halloween. Yeah, so it's after Halloween, so they've obviously kind of used that sort of killer in the house, smashing through the door, and then there was some genuine suspense when he's smashing through the door. I thought it was pretty good. Um, made me kind of realise that you, the best killers are the ones with masks on because as soon as you can see someone's face you know it humanises that yeah. entity doesn't it of the killer and this guy he's not a really scary guy except for when he's having a screaming fit and it's a bit like oh Jesus like he's not that intimidating for me as a killer so putting a mask on him was a really good move because all of a sudden I kind of forget that it's this sort of meek looking guy mm-hmm. and all you know and, and there's a killer in the house and he's pretty freaky and that was pretty good and some of the gore at the end was pretty good as well like there's a scene where we kind of finally realize what's happened to this kid and it's that his dad was cheating on his mum and he kind of watched him doing a bit of bondage and that and uh and then he kills the mistress with like a chop to the neck and then a second chop lopping the head off. And then there's a great shot of just the axe getting buried square yeah. in the middle of his dad's face, which is wicked. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking great. But for me, like, I had to sit through an hour and sort of 15 minutes of shit just for a really good 15-minute ending, um, which unfortunately didn't save. It was a bit kind of too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, it is different to all the other ones we've watched, so I've got to give it some credit because it has got this kind of you know eerie feeling with the flashbacks and that kind of thing. Um, but as a slasher, I don't know. I don't. I just couldn't get on board with the yeah, villain. It's not. It's not. It's not. I think it's not one of the special from that time period, which is really when slashers were kind of starting to take over the entire horror genre. It's, it's definitely not one of the best um, at all. I just. I, I don't know why. I thought. Like I say, I don't think it's a particularly good film. And no. you're right, that last 15 minutes is is up there for me with some of the best kind of slasher killing kind of rampages and all the rest and killing sequences or, or yeah. just the menace of it is really quite interesting. Um, and it's up there with, you know, like a lot that came out about that time. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, 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 like I say, I think the fact that I thought I knew where it was going and it didn't go particular ways throughout the movie and the fact that you do you, you don't tend to spend time with a killer really getting inside their head you know what I mean That's, no. the, the slashers do the opposite they leave yeah. you asking why is a killer killing people the fact that yeah. we get these we're, co- we're constantly thrown in the, the, the brain of this killer I think it's like a really interesting twist it's just not executed very well um, no it's a shame. It's a missed yes. opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's not handled well enough to, to really... I don't think there's any... I can't think of any slasher movie that I've ever seen where we spend so much time inside inside a killer's head at all. 
I know no. they, they they do something kind of they do something similar in a movie we're going to be talking about. It's not a slasher movie; it's more a jalo than a slasher. Um, but in like two episodes' time, when we talk about Tenebrae, there's particular yeah. flashbacks that lead to the understanding of why a character does something that he does. But um, I, this movie it just felt quite weird, and I, I I think like I say, I wouldn't say this is a great movie. Um, in terms of the three we watched tonight, is the best movie in terms of how it was put together. Um, yeah, it's maybe not the most entertaining, um, but the, in terms of the the, te- the technical skill behind it, it's by far the best movie tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. If 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 I found out that this movie had some sort of like an eighty-eight film, it has. Version of, has it? Yeah, there is. Um, I think it's American, um, but that's all right. If you're NXT, you're only multi-region. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is some like special edition Blu-ray of this. Well, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be getting that then because I, yeah. I think it's, it's a movie that I think I could go back to a couple of times just to try and get my head. Mm. I think it's more fascinating as a, why did you do that? Than a, this is a great movie. Um, yeah. You know, more, more from a, maybe even more from a kind of curiosity point of view than a, I need this to be part of my collection because it's an awesome movie and people need to see it. Um, in terms of how I would rate this one, I mean. Uh, I, I would I can't I can't dismiss it. It is, it is a slap on the wrists, even yeah. though that the you like you're saying that that axe to the head is fucking amazing. Right, um, yeah. I love that so much. Uh, and like I say, you see that sort of thing. You could probably see why people might stretch to think Savini was involved with it. Like I say, there's I don't think we'll ever know the full story there because uh, Savini sometimes likes to pick and choose the the stories that go out. I don't think he's always the most reliable source either, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a slap in the wrists. It didn't deserve to be on the list. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. It is a slap on the wrists because there is a bit of decent gore, but it's you know it's it's obviously fake looking gore. There's nothing too disturbing. I mean, there's a good bit like where they, he chops someone's head off and like her head comes out of the bed and she like opens her eyes and looks at him and stuff. It's pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, but it never elevates any higher than just a, a slap on the wrist. Um, just looking for you, mate. There's um. There's a two-disc uh, uncut collector's edition that you can get. It is DVD. It's not Blu-ray. Uh, um, but there is a uh, Making of a Nightmare, um, an interview. It's a two-disc set. Um, it's a Dutch version, but it has got the English language version on there as well. Um, so, yeah, might be worth grabbing that. Some interesting trivia for this movie. Obviously, Ooh. banned um, during the 80s. Came to the attention of British censors, um, mainly because of uh, several gimmicks that the uh, film distributors used. And they provide a vomit bag with the video. Um, and there was also a competition of guess the weight of a brain in a jar. This is this is the movie. I don't know. Like, I, can, I can fill in some more trivia. Um, this is the movie. The guy, the guy who distributed this movie? Yep. He did. Um, he was sentenced to eighteen months yeah, for having did. like it was two thousand copies of this movie, I think, um, or two hundred, maybe two hundred. Two hundred sounds more realistic. Yeah. Um, and he was sentenced. He only served six months. Okay. And he died in suspicious circumstances. Did he? Fucking afterwards. Um, basically, he wanted to release it, and they said there needs to be a one-second cut from this movie, and that was all they wanted. Literally one second of footage removing. And obviously he distributed it with whatever second it was intact. <laughs> that was enough. And so, yeah, like you say, we've got to send down. I didn't know he died in suspicious circumstances. That's fucking weird. Oh, yeah, I think he died in suspicious circumstances in the 90s. Okay. So it, was a, it, was a bit, it was a bit of time after. It wasn't right. like... It but, wasn't like you know, the government put a hit on him or something like that. What the fuck? They're sending someone to, to prison over, over one second. 
Yeah. But this is what we're ta- this is what we're talking about, Andy. These are the movies that these are the prosecuted ones. These are all these movies someone did time for or got badly fined or something. People went to court over these thirty-nine movies. It. Uh, yeah, it's fucking it's it's strange, strange, unbelievable. So yeah, so weird for a film that we you know obviously not putting on the list. We're only giving it a slap on the wrist, but some poor guy spent six months in prison because of it. In fairness, I think he was a porn tycoon, so I'm not going to feel that sorry for him. Uh, yeah. Probably saw his fair share of beaver. Right. Um, if probably you know what I mean. Yeah, probably wasn't the only thing that he uh, he did wrong. So that's just karma coming and biting <laughs> him in the ass. Then probably. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was uh, Nightmare and a Damaged Brain, aka Nightmare. We're going to take a short break, and he's going to come back. And lead us in. Uh, it's, it's trying to muster up the energy to talk about this movie. Um, we're going to talk about those bloody apes. Andy. Oh, bloody hell! Right, <laughs> those bloody apes. Bloody hell! Let's do it. <laughs> right, we're going to be right back after messages and wise words. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, we're, we're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Well, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is exclusively about sequels, where the budget is bigger. Well, we don't actually have a budget. Get away from her, you bitch! But the action's more exciting? Uh, I don't know much about action. Hey, you got a like to him, man. Allow me, scum. The babes are hotter? Wait, there's babes involved? How about some of this? So tasty and hard and firm. It just melts in your mouth. The kills get gorier and more extreme? Uh, kills? Did we talk about this? Uh, never mind. So find Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, exclusively on the Horror Network. Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. Night of the Bloody Apes by Renee Cardona. This little 1968 Mexican gem is almost indescribable. But Night of the Bloody Apes is quite an endearing film, ironically. I found myself feeling quite tender towards the um, characters. And it is a much better film than it possibly sounds. My only concern is that the English title, which is Night of the Bloody Apes, is a little bit misleading because as far as I can see, there's only one ape. So maybe we're waiting for the sequel or the uncut footage of the apes that we never saw. An orgy of terror. It's the light of a bloody apes. Creatures born of madness. Half man, half beast. All horror. Night of a bloody apes. Okay, and welcome back to our third and final review of the evening. Uh, is Night of the Bloody Apes? Um, like Duncan said earlier, it was originally released in 1969, uh, and then re-released with more boobies in 1972. Ma- uh, Mexican film directed by Rene Cardona, uh, released January '83, added to the list in November '83. So probably one of the shortest runs out of any of the films that we've got before it got pulled. Yeah. 
um, yeah, about 10 months before it was kind of taken from the shelves. This is a weird one. Um, I don't know any other Mexican movies. Um, they're obviously trying really hard to promote their wrestling in this one. Really strange. We've got the plot basically concerns a mad scientist. Um, he's kind of posing as a doctor, but the clue is that he's got a manservant who calls him master. So anyone that's got one of them, probably pretty clear that he's a mad scientist. He transplants a gorilla's heart into his dying son to save his life. But in doing so, he basically transforms him into a, an ape, monstrous ape-like creature who kind of looks like he's got plasticine on his face, but it makes him really muscly. I don't know how that happens. Just putting a gorilla heart in someone sudden makes them really buff. And then you've got kind of a side plot of this female wrestler who kind of throws someone out of the ring and puts them in hospital and then like thinks, oh, no, next time I fight, I'm, I'm not going to kind of go too mental. And then it's almost like watching her kind of trying to rebuild her wrestling career after she's really injured someone, <laughs> which is kind of bizarre for a film of this. It's almost a film of two halves. You've got that going on. And then you've got this other thing of this mad scientist. The ape that he creates kind of goes mental, like goes around killing people, doing rapes. We've got a rape. We, is this the first rape? Yes, it's the first one in the show because I've, this was... Yep. This is the last movie I saw, Andy, and I genuinely thought, genuinely thought that I was getting away with rape. I was was so proud to come on this show this week and say, we have finally, 11 episodes in, finally escaped from rape. Um, And then, of all movies, the worst one on this fucking list uh, gave us the, the one thing I didn't want. A good old-fashioned rape. But it's weird, like, he, um, the, the the guy, like the mad scientist guy, says, uh, don't worry, I, I, he says, I'll keep watch so he can't escape. He already has, you idiot. <laughs> he's, he's done a rape kill on a woman. He's already escaped. And then later on, after he's already done that, he leaves him alone again. I thought, you're not learning, are you, mate? He just keeps leaving him alone. He goes, oh, yeah, the, the gorilla heart's too potent. I thought, what does that mean? You, what you mean? You should have given him a chimp worked up to the gorilla. Like he's gone for the big one, hasn't he? I mean, the gorilla is probably the most badass. Mm-hmm. So he went straight in for that. Um, and then he says, "Oh, this is insane!" Like the woman that gets thrown out of the ring in the beginning, who's kind of a bit, you know, she's in hospital in a coma. He goes, "Right, I'm going to borrow a bit of brain from this woman." He went, "He goes, she's going to die anyway, but if by some miracle she lives, she'll be an idiot for the rest of her life." That's his justification. Yep. Don't worry about it. She'll be an idiot for the rest of her life anyway. It's win-win. Um, another thing that made me laugh is like a random beat cop. Um, he basically sounds like an Irish version of a poo from The Simpsons. <laughs> I think there's a, a second Simpsons reference here. Yeah. And I think he's meant to get scalped, but it just looks like someone's pulled his wig off. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, we just kind of follow this kind of monkey guy around. It reminded me a bit of uh, um, American Werewolf in London, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, like how kind of at the end, he, like he transforms back and goes, "Oh God, I didn't realise what I was doing." And then you know, he kind of gets killed at the end, and it just transforms back, you know, just to the normal fella. So yeah, maybe maybe this uh, was inspiration for. <laughs> maybe that's just giving it a bit too much credit. Um, so, yeah, we've just got a guy going on a bloody rampage, which is kind of the, the fun bits, you know, just seeing this sort of ape-like creature going wild, kind of killing people. Um, that's the cool bit. 
masked Mexican wrestlers. Footage of open heart surgery, um, I think, is why it's on the list. Yeah. So it's, it's actual real open heart surgery that they yeah. really show in the movie. So almost that kind of almost almost taking a trick from something like the Faces of Death, which obviously yeah. came later. But that idea of just splicing in real life footage, which saves you having to to spend any money doing like actual practical effects. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, I mean, we do actually see the heart getting removed, um, and there's a lot of nudity in there as well. Um, Quite a lot. As you say, they they put this in, basically, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just a bit of a mishmash of everything. It's entertaining, and it did fucking really made me laugh in quite a few scenes. Um, but is it a good film? It's a fucking weird film. What did you think? Um, pretty much on point with you with everything you've just said. Um, it, it once again feels like a weird kind of. I, I obviously. The, the, it's, it's a weird one because had there not been kind of Lucha Libre style wrestling in this I would not have known that this movie was in Mexico um, no. it doesn't give you any indication at all that it's you know it's a Mexican horror movie at all until you get these clips mm. um, the acting's not great um, but that you know that you can say that for a lot of these movies on the list the premise is fairly ridiculous I mean uh, yeah, if, if if you know all it took was a, a you know a gorilla's heart, um, to make everyone muscly, I'd have mine on order right now. Yeah, um, straight in. Yeah, no. you, you wouldn't have to do any more working out. You'd be at a job, Andy. Exactly, that'd be great though. I'd, I'd be loving that. I'd, I'm sick of boys fucking doing press ups and that. It'd be great just to pop a heart in and just be I'd be away. I'd be loving it. Um, uh, yes, it seemed a bit kind of, I don't know, a bit strange yeah, it's a very schlocky movie in the greatest sense of those kind of kind of weird, kind of creaturey, featurey sort of movies um, yeah. it's not very well done um, the, like you say, some of the best sequences are I'm just going kind of gorilla mad um, but I laughed at a couple of bits I, I smiled at a couple of bits I cringed at most, most of it um, yeah. we could have done without the rape we really didn't need that in this movie it's mm-hmm. it's not a very good movie <laughs> it's really not um, I did I, I, I like while you were talking there I thought I'd heard of the director before when you, you mentioned his name out yeah and um, I, I I did a bit I did a bit of quick checking Andy and this guy directed 145 movies fucking hell so basically, and it's insane, when you look at this guy's career started in 1925. What? And, all, and then there's a bit of a gap, but from 1937 to 1982, he's releasing on average about three movies to four movies a year. Okay, now that's insane. And it? this is a remake of one of his older movies. This is an actual remake of one of his movies called Doctor of Doom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he just remade it. Um, it's 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 strange. It's really fucking strange. Um, yeah, I think um, yeah, it's it's not a great movie. Not a great movie. So it's um, like it's the whole world, isn't it, that you kind of don't realise when you look into these people that have made all these films. It's probably film. You know, that's like a hundred odd films that you've literally never heard of. Mm-hmm. Just think, oh, how many films are just being made all around the world at one time? It's unbelievable. I mean, 
people now, everything, you know, you can just grab a digital camera, can't you, make a movie. Yeah. It makes you wonder who's watching this guy's films and thinking, yeah, great, let's give him some more cash because... They're all, they're, yeah, they're all in, all the titles are Mexican, so it, it yeah. must be purely for a Mexican market. But, um, yeah, I just thought, I just thought, like I say, I, I felt that it was, we've not had many of these dumb kind of slocky creature features on the list. This is one of them. Um, it's not a very good one. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's really all I can say about it. it. It's fun in bits. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say this is a must go out and see it. Uh, some of the women were actually quite tidy. Um, yeah. And I appreciated the higher boob count. I don't know what the mm. original cut was like, but I would submit to you it's not as good as the cut that I saw. Um, but yeah, out with that. It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, for me, it's a, it's a you know, move on. Um, how, how do you rate this one? Um, let me just tell you this quickly. Apparently oh. this was made in the golden age of Mexican cinema. The golden age? <laughs> Apparently, it had a golden age. It was the period between 1936 and 1969 where the quality and economic success of the Mexican cinema reached its peak. Jesus! Wow! So this is the this is the pinnacle of Mexican cinema, people. So, like, if you've watched this movie and gone right, I want to see some more Mexican movies. None of them are going to be as good as this. So <laughs> that's concerning. Uh, with regards to what do I rate it? Um, I'm just trying to think of anything in there that's. I mean, the the monkey, like the makeup's terrible. They, I don't know what they're. It's almost. He looks like he's got one of the, you know, like when you go to uh, some kind of spa day and they just cover <laughs> your face in mud. Yes, that's basically what the makeup is. The guy, <laughs> shit, it's a mud pack. Yeah. Um, how does he kill people? I can't even remember. Does he like beat them to death? I'm assuming so. It doesn't really. You don't get that much gore. You don't, do you? In this no. movie, it, it, I, I don't. I'm not that. You think about the time and all the rest, but it's not like a splatter movie. So you don't get. You don't get like like extreme close-ups in the death or, or anything like that. No. Um, yeah, the, the the gore more comes from the open heart surgery that we see. Yeah. Um, which but you that... could say on some level could be classed as disturbing. You know, you you wouldn't want. It you could know, be, but yeah. you will see open heart. I mean, obviously, yeah, we've got to we've got to look at it from that this was early eighties. But you can turn on to an episode of fucking A and E, whatever it is. Oh yeah, now, nowadays you can. There's whole there's whole fucking program set up to to let you see people getting operated on. Yeah, I think I've got to dismiss this one as well. Um, I uh, do. I want yes. I will come in on that with you. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. For maybe for, even for the same. I I don't think seeing open heart surgery, which is the most graphic thing in this movie, is enough to merit it. No. Being on even consideration for being on the list, or even being considered as something that I would class as being offensive. Um, can we, we dismiss a movie with a rape? Uh, in good conscience, Duncan, can we do that? I don't know. Uh, you're 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 making me question the moral high ground, right? Uh, community service. I, I don't want to be the guy that. Yeah, community service. There is there is. You, you make a you point. Jumped it's not a too. Oh yeah, fucking sorry. They slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist. I forgot our grading scale there. Yeah, so I would say I would say slap on the wrist. Definitely because mm. now there is. I mean. That in a movie, probably that is the only thing that would elevate this 
up a you know up a um, a scale on the on the the grading system that we have here is the fact that it's not even a, a, once again I'm not saying that I want to see a good rate but it's not particularly well done um, but to me it's yeah there we go what about yourself are you I'll moving you up what, or are you staying where yeah, you are I think I'm enough to just leave it where I, where it is to be honest. Is, it, is, there's nothing really in this for me. Um, I'll tell you what, Kudos has got to go to the the, the most hysterical woman in any of the films. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if she actually thought there was a human ape man after her because she is going fucking mental, isn't she? That woman <laughs> screaming and going berserk. I have got the right film, haven't I? That is Night of the Bloody Apes, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. She just goes meant absolutely insane, and it's pretty well acted. And do you know what? Just um, going back to the previous episode, mm-hmm. um, I, I find out looking into it because I had a look at the Last House on the Left DVD package thing that I talked about that I've got. Yeah. Apparently, because it was kind of guerrilla filmmaking that they did once they're out in the in the uh, the forest, you know, where they're doing the rape scene and stuff. Yeah. And I said that one of the girls. Um, their acting's terrible when they first get collared in the room with Krug and all his buddies. Mm-hmm. But once they get to the bit where they're humiliating him and she's got her knickers half around her knees and stuff, she's properly freaking out. Yeah. Think she properly thought she was going to get raped because they thought, hang on a minute, there's they're not really much of a film crew here. We're in the middle of a forest. I don't really know who the... I think she thought it was a big setup, and I think she oh, thought she right. was actually going to get attacked. Which explains why our acting is so fucking brilliant. It changes and becomes very realistic, yeah. I think all of a sudden, she genuinely... I'm sure she still think, like, kind of in the back of her mind, knew it was was a movie, but I think there was probably some part of it that thought, actually, if this is a big setup and they've kind of... and they're making some kind of snuff film, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of you know explains that. But yeah, the, the woman in this, the one that's going hysterical, it, it, it's kind of out of place in the movie because she's properly going nuts. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite believable, actually, almost to the point where it's a little bit overkill. Where I go, all right, <laughs> tone it down. Tone it down. Tony an eight man. It's only an eight man. He's muscly and stuff, but. Um, yeah, so I think I've just got to dismiss this one. So obviously, it shouldn't have been on the list. Um, yeah, definitely not on the list. Definitely not on the list. No. So uh, yeah, that's that, that's about us for tonight. So what have we got next week? We're kind of coming to the end now. Um, we've got, I think, one of the quite infamous ones. This is the one uh, coming up next week. We've got Snuff. Yes. Graham Bright. Graham Bright, who we've ridiculed previously. Graham Bright, <laughs> who is the guy, just for anyone new that's listening, uh, but here's our little opening gambit where he says that these movies not only affected young people, but they affected dogs as well. And he actually does say dogs. Yeah. This knobhead thought that this movie Snuff was a snuff movie. Yeah, he yeah. said, and I'll tell you what, next week we'll get the clip ready. There's a clip of him saying it's, re- it's obvious when you watch this movie that somebody's being murdered for real. Now, I've seen bits of Snuff. I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen the offending footage mm-hmm. and I tell you what it couldn't be any fucking further from oh it looks fake as fuck yeah oh, I've seen I have seen snuff before and yeah the way this guy talks about it, it makes me wonder if we saw the same movie but you can't disclose any more of the movies Andy because we save that until the end of the show and we need to take another break we need to do some more of plugging of things so you hold back on that information right now I know you're champing at the bit to mention the I was other a bit two. premature 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to judge. Um, we're going to take know. a very short break. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're closing out this very quick episode of the show. See, this is what happens. Some weeks, it's it's all let's talk about the rape and let's talk about the blood. And let's talk, and then other weeks, it's hysterical women and guys wearing welders masks. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going to be right back after this. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal, and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network. Of podcasts. Okay, and welcome back. So, as Duncan was saying just before the break, there is a pretty quick show. Um, and I think when I was watching these movies, I was quite aware that I probably wouldn't have much to say. And I was thinking, I was the same. I was thinking, right, we've both been to see Mad Max. Let's bum Mad Max for twenty minutes <laughs> because that film was fucking wonderful. So at least we can pad the show out saying how great that was because. You know, I think we've said this a couple of a couple of episodes ago. Like the 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 long shows are going to be the shows where there's a lot to talk about, and you know, all these films tonight, in, you know, the the gradings that we've given them reflect this. There's not a lot to talk about. You know, if we if we were doing a show where we were reviewing the movies, then we would have had probably a bit more to talk about. Well, we're not obviously we're dissecting whether they should be on the list and the merits yeah. of why they're added to the list and why they're video nasties and none of these films, none of them tonight were, you know, yeah. were video nasties. So it doesn't give us a lot to talk about. It explains um, why certain certain ones that, that we did tonight I'd never heard of before. I think that you know yeah. I think that's a big thing. The infamous ones, the ones that you were likely to have heard about even if you weren't aware of the video nasties or the full extent of the movies, the ones mm. that you were likely, you know, are you're aware of are the ones that we are probably going to end up spending more time on because those are the ones that had specific scenes that your friends would have copied onto, you know, a, a bootleg VHS and shown you, like, in hushed yeah. silence. And that these movies, none of them have anything remotely near that. Um, and as a result, there's not a lot you can do in terms of that. Uh, next week, definitely. When you when you mentioned it snuffs one of the titles, um, I, we we will go into that because just because of the statements that were made by people that were actually elected to represent our country, <laughs> you know, actual MPs, politicians, um, had looked at this movie and believed that what they were seeing was real, which is just fucking insane it blows my mind that anyone would think that so i think it's a dick it it just shows an incredible lack of any kind of intelligence because Mm. no one in their right mind is going to watch this stuff and be convinced by you can understand something like august underground and going oh fucking hell i've stumbled across something horrendous here you know because the gritty nature of it and stuff and you know they're specifically made to look like snuff movies but Fucking hell, it's like, what were you thinking, mate? And this guy, I've said this before, he was knighted. You know, he's a knight of the realm. He's got a sir in front of his name. And the guy is uh, clearly a moron. And he stands fast on this. That's the annoying thing about it. I could totally 
I'd have a bit more respect for him if he came back 20 years later and went, look, you know, this, I know it was ridiculous. I got caught up in it all, you know. Yeah, I was I, naive. I didn't realise that. The I was naive. Of, I was yeah. not much. I've not seen many films. I said some things that I probably shouldn't have done. And looking back, you know, it was a bit ludicrous. He doesn't say any of that. He totally stands by what he said. And, you know, and I don't know whether to respect the guy for that much, at least if he's, you know, the courage of his convictions and all that. But it's like, you can't really do that, mate, because, you know, someone who's got a lot of character can admit when they're wrong. Do you know what I mean? That's that. That's like a trait of a good person who can actually stand back and go, "Yeah, I was a bit of a dick." It's, it's like it's like standing. It's like standing in a house which is burning down, refusing to say that you can smell smoke at the beginning, and then still refusing it as you're trapped in a fucking burning room. Oh no, it's not on fire. It's not on fire. No, no, no. This isn't fire. That's how ridiculous it is now. I mean, there. Everyone, pretty much everyone, has come back and said, you know. I mean, it, it can be proved unequivocally that this is not real. You know I mean, it can, it can actually be proved. I can understand someone having a fit at Cannibal Holocaust. I can understand that. Totally, because Cannibal yeah. Holocaust looks fucking real. I can understand that. It looked like there was a woman mounted on a fucking spike in that movie. And yeah. it looked like some guy's cock was chopped off. I, yeah. I, I mean, and it's totally. real looking. Snuff doesn't have anything remotely near that at all. So... No. It's it's yeah. This guy's a dickhead, and the fact he's still saying this makes him an even fucking bigger dickhead. And if he wasn't yeah. a fucking sir or a fucking lord or whatever, getting paid fucking money to sit in his arse in a room and still make decisions over how people run their life, these elected fucking well, sorry, unelected lords and sirs get fucking ridiculous power in this country. I don't want to go in a fucking political tirade, but these guys still have power. Um. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just fucking insane. It's like it's like leaving you. It's like leaving your child in the hands of a rapist. It's it's fucking. It's it, honestly, this guy is a dickhead, and um, I can't wait to call him a dickhead next week repeatedly. Yeah. So that's snuff. Um, we've also <laughs> <Sorry>. got... <laughs> Moving on. We've, yeah, we've also got Night of the Demon. Um, which is that the same Night of the Demon that you reviewed when you were doing your best of British? No, 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 no. That's uh, Night of the Demons. Uh, Night of the Demon. It's not the one from the fifties. Okay. Definitely not. I'm not. I don't know anything about this one. It's not Night of the Demons either. So it's not the American kind of no, uh, no. fun kind of quirky. Yeah, Night of the Night of the Demon um, single. It's very yeah, from 1980. Uh, I, I, I maybe so. I I remember I remember hearing of a, a kind of Bigfoot movie. Ah, okay. And it might be that. I don't know. I remember when I was reading up all the titles well ahead of time, um, there was a movie which was classed as a Bigfoot film in this half of the list. So that might be that one. It's the only one I could think of. Originally, I thought it was uh, (laughs) The Night of the Bloody Apes was the one that had the Bigfoot sort of thing in it, and it wasn't. So I'm kind of clutching at straws. That one might be a Bigfoot movie. I've just looked at it. Yeah, it is a Bigfoot one. Um, And then we've kind of got... Our uh, final kind of Nazi experimentation, exploitation, whatever you want to call it, SS experiment camp. I think that's going to be the final one because I can't imagine any of those types of movies making a non-prosecuted list. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that... Oh, hang on. No, there's one called Women Behind Bars, actually. <laughs> our last ever episode uh, is Women Behind Bars, which... I'll put that I out reckon, recently. Yeah. Oh, and there's another one called Human Experiments as well. So Jesus, they're never going to be around. 
Yeah, so uh, as as far as Prosecutor goes, anyway, it's going to be our last uh, Natsploitation movie. Um, and then we're just one more from the end of The yeah, Prosecuted. And then, like you said, we get into some decent movies. Um, we, I mean, we kick off in the non-Prosecuted shows with The Beyond. Oh, you can't really get a much better start than that. Yeah, it's just going to be fucking. And I tell you right now, I don't, I don't care if we spend an hour talking about that fucking movie because that that hour will be the best fucking hour ever. Um, so yeah. <laughs> like my fucking, uh, that's my boy, that's my Filchy. Um Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, it's it's been it's been quite interesting and really weird. I think going through the, I know we've still got a couple left, but going through this 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 level of the prosecuted list and all the rest and the highs and lows. Um, that we've kind of went through in terms of films, and this one's not been a particularly stunning episode filled with the, you know, uh, we've been excellent, but the movies haven't been great. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I, I, the we've, thing is, we've I, done the best with what we had. <laughs> yeah, with what we had. But I'm still at that. I, the thing I think that's most exciting about doing the video nasty list is that there are still plenty on this list that I've never seen before. And I keep waiting to be hit with that next movie that I'm like, how have I never seen this movie before this movie kicks ass? And there's been a couple that we've seen thus far. I mean, I've got an insane love for Absurd. I think Absurd's fucking wicked. Um, And I have watched it since. I thought that was a really interesting slasher movie. Um, And there have been other bits and bobs that have cropped up uh, that have, you know, that have made me kind of think, yeah, these movies, you know, filling in the blanks of my knowledge. Um... And yeah, certainly when you get to a non-prosecuted list, these are more titles that you know. These are more titles that people will know the names of. I mean, you you will have seen or heard of the Beyond. You will have heard of Argento's Inferno. You will have heard of the Evil Dead. You know, these are movies that people know. Um, and on some level, I feel a wee bit. I'm like looking forward to it, but I'm feeling a wee bit kind of on that side as well. That I'm like, are there going to be many on that side of the list? That are going to be like some of the ones we've seen on this side. I, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to going through them anyway, and hopefully you yeah, shall continue with us. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's the beauty of the list. Yeah. Totally. Uh, one more thing. Are we just going to talk about your poster? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Andy, for segueing me into some shameless promotion. Um, shameless. So. <laughs> Yeah, go on. You, you uh, talk about your poster. I'm going to tell people how good it is as well. Will you start? Uh, well, yeah. So, for those that don't know, uh, my other show, the podcast Under the Stairs, um, I decided to do something a bit different. Um, I'm, I'm basically what I'm wanting to do is, in the long run, I'm wanting to invest a bit more money in my show. Um, you know, get a proper website set up and all the rest. And I thought I could just do that, or I could basically get people involved with helping me do that um, and the good thing about these horror podcasts is that you build up a really good community of really cool people who not only listen to your show but feedback on the show I think that's been one of the the cool things about I mean I posted earlier on in the week you know that we were recording this one and just asked you know are people still enjoying them or people you know what have you enjoyed us talking about what are you looking forward to talking about we've got a great response on that as well mm. um, so what I decided to do is Give people the chance to help me out, but in the same time, give you the opportunity to own something pretty cool. So I approached um, a guy that I've spoken to a couple of times, a guy that I'm now quite comfortable to call a friend, uh, who is Graham Humphreys. He is a fucking incredible horror artist. You probably have stuff in you. 
Yeah, he is a legend. I mean, he did a lot of the covers, a lot of the VHS cover artwork of, in the 1980s and um, 90s in the UK. Did a hell of a lot of stuff out with that. He's done a lot for music. He's done a lot for these Death Waltz recordings, the vinyl stuff that's coming out now. He does work for Arrow. You know, he's he just he's a really, really cool artist. And I've interviewed him a couple of times and I got him to, I commissioned him to create a podcast under the stairs poster, um, which he did for me, and then I took that design and I got it printed out on uh, on A3 poster paper, and uh, I decided that I didn't want to charge, you know, the kitchen sink for for the posters. I wanted to put them at a price that I thought everyone would be able to. If you wanted to own one, it wouldn't it wouldn't break the bank to own it, even though Graham Humphreys designed it and it's his work. Um, so yeah, we put that we put them out during the week. They are on sale. I've posted them in the Facebook page for this show. Um, if you're interested in owning one or you want to see the designs, uh, you don't have access to Facebook. You can send me an email and I'll send you the design back so you can take a look at it. If you email it. Email me at podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com and put poster in the header. The cost is £12.50. That's including postage and packaging if you live in the UK. If you live in the USA, it's $23. That's also including postage and packaging. And if you live anywhere else in the world, I will post out to you. If you come back to me, I will make sure that it is at a price that's affordable. So yeah, pick them up. There's only 75 of them. I've done a limited run of 75. I've already sold 15 of them which means there are only 60 left, they've only just went on sale. Um, I, I'm quite confident I'm going to shift them all, so uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't sit on your hands for this one. Uh, um, get right, when I've ordered cool. mine, I can't wait to get it. And just in case people are thinking and not quite sure who Graham Humphreys is, the Evil Dead poster, that's mm-hmm. Graham Humphreys. Nightmare on Elm Street, that's Graham Humphreys. If you've got any of the most of the more recent Arrow stuff, like he's done basket cases, done demons from beyond. He's done zombie flesh eaters. That's all his artwork. So you're basically getting twelve pound fifty, not only for a fucking cool poster, but for a exclusive Graham Humphreys artwork, which is a fucking yeah. bargain. So I mean, all you have to do is Google Graham Humphreys and the amount of stuff. I think. It, do you know what? I didn't even realise the amount of stuff that he'd done until I started looking into it. There's a really good um, interview with him on the basket case uh, trilogy steelbook. Yes. And it's fucking brilliant. Like, he's such a nice guy. And it's, you don't realise, like, that amazing Nightmare on Elm Street poster with it's got Nancy in bed and the big claw over, like, in the blue background and stuff. That's him. And that's fucking iconic, like, from my childhood. It's fucking amazing. And there's a really funny story, actually, that he tells. And basically, in the Nightmare on Elm Street part two, the uh, poster for that, which is like Freddy kind of standing with with his gloved hand, kind of both hands up and one of them in the glove and he's got like the school bus. Apparently mm-hmm. when that went up in cinemas, um, people said, no, you can't have those knife blades because kids are going to see it. So they basically made him flip out the knife blades. So all it looks like is that Freddy's standing there doing jazz hands. <laughs> which is fucking brilliant. Absolutely oh. hilarious. And if you get first, if you Google the Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two poster, you'll see exactly what I mean. Freddy's standing there, kind of with his hands up. But if you take away the knives, he's doing jazz hands. And I thought that's a brilliant story. So if you've got the Basket Case uh, trilogy, check out the special features for an interview with Graham Humphries. It's brilliant. And yeah, definitely go and buy one of them posters. And uh, yeah. check out Duncan's other show. I'm sure most of the people listening to this are already listening to uh, podcasts under the stairs anyway. 
I'm sure oh, they're already f- ordering f- the poster. F- finger, fingers crossed. Um, and you know, if you if you if you're listening to my show, or even if you're not listening to my show, you should be listening to Andy's show, the Big Horror and Little Podcast, which is exclusively available on Legion Podcast Network. Um, and you guys put out an episode couple of weeks ago which was a welcome return um pre tell is there another one coming soon uh yeah there is one on the way it's going to have a foreign uh 10 movie in there uh, we're not sure on the rest of the theme i think we might kind of do a an all foreign episode where they're all going to be uh non-english language movies um we're going to keep a lid on it the only one that we will say is that uh, i saw the devil was going to be in there um, I'm not going to tell you where that might be in the tank lobby. It might not be, but yeah, for anyone that's not seen I Saw the Devil, get in there quickly and watch the original before America ruin it with a toned down shitty remake. Because that movie's fucking fantastic. No, I, I, I've told you, I'm on board with this remake because the two guys, the two guys that are linked to that project, put out the guest, and I loved that movie. And I didn't like it. You didn't like the guest? No, we've spoken about this. You didn't, you didn't, yeah, you didn't yeah. like the guest. You didn't like your next either, did you? You're next. Um, yeah, I thought that was okay. I mean, I've not watched it since, so I couldn't have liked it that much because normally I'd, I'll rush it, I'll go out and buy something on Blu-ray, and I haven't. Um, but I will watch your next again um, at some point. But I, yeah, it was it was okay. It wasn't great. I didn't think. Um, also, just quickly talking about films that could be an amazing remake. They've lost the director, haven't they, on it? Yeah, Kari Fukunaka, which was one of the the big. Oh. The big things for me, he was obviously behind True Detective, and that season was like my favourite. Yeah, TV that's program that's last the only year. thing, right? I wasn't interested in the remake of it until I found out he was on board, and now he's gone. I'm back to thinking, nah, don't think I'll yeah. bother. As as to me, it's a huge blow in terms of confidence in terms of what the project will end up being like. Um, he certainly, from what I gather, um. The, the result has been the the kind of poor performance um, of Poltergeist, the remake in Poltergeist, that they basically said that they wanted... He basically set this big grand scheme to make a, like a proper two-part movie and redeveloped the script and Stephen King saw it and Stephen King loved it, gave his blessing for it. All right. the rest, he was he was integral in picking this young lad who's going to be it, which I, I thought was like I thought was a really good... A choice in casting because the guy looks like he's got quite an animated yeah. face so I was totally on board with it so mm. he's done all that grimmed work and then I believe what he was told was that they actually thought maybe just make it into one movie and he said no and I have much respect for that guy for saying good no good for him so he's, he's yeah. left the project yeah, fair enough. You can't uh, you can't sacrifice your own integrity, can you? He obviously didn't think it could be done in one movie, and I don't really think. Well, unless you're going to make it a three and a half hour movie, but people don't want to sit in the cinema for that, do they? Yeah. Really, yeah. I would and, personally. Yeah. I'd fucking love to, but most people won't. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it comes down to. So he he's left the project, which, like I say, is and you've said as well, is a massive blow to my interest in the project because he was yeah. he was the really big interesting factor. And that is because his handling of True Detective, he was like the perfect person for it because True Detective had all that. It had a darker feel, but it handled flashbacks into the past yep. really fucking well as part of the story. Um, which, you know, it's going to have a lot of that, um, which made me thought he would be the perfect choice to kind of spearhead the directing on it. But um, without his presence, they'll need to get a big, a big interesting name director now for me to start to 
to warm back up to that project. And it's a shame because I didn't, I was not on the hate wagon for that. I know a lot of people were, but that was one that I wasn't because I thought, you know, there's some interesting names being attached to the project. Um, mm-hmm. And they've, they've unfortunately ruined it, but... You never know, maybe they'll change their mind. I mean, stranger things have happened. David Lynch left Twin Peaks and uh, has now come back to Twin Peaks. Not only has he come back to Twin Peaks, yeah. but um, they've doubled the amount of episodes he's getting to do. So, um, that's really? a great bargaining chip. Yeah, the power of the internet, my friend. The power of the internet. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder if yeah. it was a promotional stunt or not. Wow. Uh, who knows, mate? Who knows? I mean, the thing is with it, for me, like you just talking about... Um, Trini Tentative again, like obviously that was the draw for me as well, that director. How good would it have been is like a seven-part miniseries? Oh, oh yeah. There's so much material. Yeah. Fucking would have been amazing. Yeah, definitely. Such a I shame. Think, and today's, in today's kind of climate of how they can do, how they do TV shows now, I would not be adverse to them moving it to TV instead. I wouldn't be against that as long as they did it, you know, dark and... As long as we went down that kind of the HBO style of making those, those sort of episodes, I, I yeah. would be I would be in with a long haul with that. I just depends. I get the feeling they want it in the cinemas. Um, I don't like the idea of it being all done in one part because you're going to have to marginalise so much of that story in order to make it into a yeah. movie that people will want to go and see. Um, I, yeah. I feel it's I feel like it's a I feel like it's a bad move, but you know. We'll, we'll wait and see. I dare say there'll be tons of information comes out about this remake. Um, they've put the shooting on hold. It was supposed to have started in the next month or two, I think. Um, so it's all been put on hold. Um, yeah. As further developments come up, I dare say we'll touch upon them on the end of these podcasts because it's something we're both very interested in. Um, but just as a quick yes. reminder... Check out Andy's show, Big Horror and Little Podcast, exclusively on Legion. Um, Podcasts Under the Stairs can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, but also we're a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. A huge thanks once again for everyone checking out this show, and a fucking huge thanks to Jason Lloyd, who tirelessly promotes this show off his own back. You know, he does it all himself, he puts us out there on a fucking fantastic network with amazing shows um, and that guy that guy is a fucking absolute gent uh, and a true fucking horror fan so thanks once again for giving doing the nasty at home Jason you're 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 a stand up guy absolutely Andy and now the end is near it is would you like to say goodbye to our listeners please goodbye listeners see you in a fortnight Yes, in a fortnight. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. We'll be back to give you more nasties in, in two weeks or a fortnight. Um, bye. Bye. Ah. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.